Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, everyone. Here we are with another episode of the Fifth Estate podcast. And this is one of our, or one of my special uh, election uh, series of interviews that I'm doing with uh, candidates all around the state. And the first cab off the rank and the one that, uh, let's say, we're throwing her in at the deep end is Caroline White. Now, Caroline White is running as an independent in for the seat of Clorinda. Yep, that's it, Clorinda, in, uh, what's that, southeast? Is that the southeast? Yes, that's yes. correct. In the southeast. So um, here we are. I'm, you know, going to do my bit to to um, nicely grill Caroline on um, on the policies that she has and everything like that. Uh, this isn't going to be a free-for-all. I'm not here to embarrass anyone. Uh, the point of this is to have... Uh, you know, the average person on the street listen to their candidates and, you know, hear something that's not polished. So it's just the two of us talking. There's no handlers anywhere uh, and anything like that. And these are not scripted questions uh, or scripted answers. Um, I'm going to discuss a couple of local issues, but um, Caroline has no idea about the questions that I'm going to ask her. So that being said, it's over to you now. So let's give us uh, the elevator pitch from you on why we should vote for you and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. Okay. Well, yes, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, Cam. Uh, You know, as an independent candidate, um, we sort of get ignored uh, by a lot of the media. So it's nice to have the opportunity to um, get on and have a chat so that, um, you know, my local community can get to learn a little bit more about me and who I am. Um, I'm a local mother. I'm a small business owner. I have a dance school. Uh, I... I'm standing because I want to see transparent, trustworthy, accountable leadership in our parliament that I think is so desperately lacking. Uh, You know, and as an independent candidate, I mean, I can, what I've already been doing is, you know, working to support my community and my community's wishes um, and, you know, bringing attention uh, to the issues they're facing uh, whereas I feel like with the um, what we've seen here, particularly over the last few years, is uh, politicians from mainstream political parties that sort of, um, well, I mean, they, they vote to keep in parliament to keep their jobs, um, you know, because if they don't vote along the, you know, toe the party line and follow their political party agenda, uh, then, um, you know, we've seen what happens to some of the politicians. They get kicked out of the party pretty quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit more about who I am and why I'm running. Okay. Now, um, just, more, you know, fluffy questions to start off with. Um, how's the reception been while you've been wandering around the area? Um, obviously, understanding that there's going to be a lot of um, rusted on people who are, you know, solely devoted to the uni party, uh, though how have they... Uh, you know, what, what, what's your reception been? Have, have they accepted that, hey, uh, you know, uh, an independent candidate can make uh, make a difference, uh, a genuine independent candidate? I should should clarify that a little bit. Uh, can make a difference or are they just all sort of dismissive because they've uh, been brainwashed into believing the uh, the corrupt corporate press's uh, line of the, the, you know, there's only two parties? Well, I mean, the response... The majority of the response has just been so lovely. Um, And I think because we saw in the federal election that voters are really swinging away from the major parties. Um, You know, I think the Labor Party got about 33% and the Liberal Party got about 26%. So then you're left with, you know, 40% of voters that are disgruntled with the major parties. Um, So... The risk, you know, to the point where um, I go out door knocking all the time and I saw a lady in her front yard and she was mowing her lawn. So you always feel, you know, maybe I shouldn't distract her because, you know, she has to turn the lawnmower off and she's in the middle of that. And, 
you know, and I said, I'm, you know, Caroline White, I'm your independent candidate for Clorinda. And, you know, she just grabbed me and gave me the biggest hug and was like, you know, she's like, you've made my day. Um, And, you know, so I get, you know, really beautiful, warm reception like that. Um, uh, You know, the other night, um, some local residents um, that I'd met a few times before, um, you know, invited me in for dinner and I ended up Um, you know, I think we were going to catch up that night and then I ended up, you know, it started off with a glass of wine and then, you know, hours later we've had, you know, cheese and cheese platter and dinner and, um, you know, they, um, you know, are so thankful, uh, for what I'm doing is the majority of it. You do, you do get your, your rust, um, also because I'm quite, um, I'm 35, but people still ask me for ID. So, because I'm quite young, uh, I think a lot of, um, you know, people that are a little bit older are like, you know, it's so great to see someone so young. This is what we need. You're the future. Um, and then, you know, you do get your occasional rusted on that, um, won't even open the security door to me when Mm. I go, when I knock on the door and they'll say something like, oh, I'm happy with the government. And and I'm like, oh, you know, because our local member there, um, the Labor MP is Meng Heng Tak. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, so what's what's Meng Heng Tak done for you in the community? And, you know, he goes, who? (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) okay, so, um, yeah. So, but all in all, it's been really nice, which is lovely. Okay, that is good to hear now. Some of them, um, some of the issues we're going to talk in now, this used to be my old stomping ground. I used to be out at Noble Park and work in the yeah. South uh, and all that sort of stuff. So um, one that we're going to touch on now, I actually know about and it's something that, um, you know, was the, the the topic of conversation way back, dare I say, 30 years ago when I was an apprentice uh, and that is um, land on Kingston Road um, to be parkland and... Yeah, you know, all, all through that area, and I'm sure there was one on um, Heatherton Road as well. Um, I think when we were discussing previously, I, I got it, I got the two mixed up. Uh, I think the tip was on was the tip on Kingston Road or was that Heatherton Road? Um, because one Kingston you... Kingston Road turns into Heatherton Road. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because one of them was an old tip, and then it was you know how they they capped the tip and you know promised that it's going to be grassland and you know it's going to be a park and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, I, I remember, you know. So yeah, I'm happy to have a chat about it um, because the more you know, I like the last. Uh, so today, I decided to go around to all the fire stations in the electorate just to introduce myself. Um, to the fireys, the local fireys, and um, you know, one one you know one station where it came up, they they didn't even know about the suburban rail loop. Oh. Um, they just had no idea about the issue. So, I think the more, and that's what I'm even noticing when I see even I'll knock on local doors and they sort of have no comprehension of the issue either. And to be honest, I really didn't know that much about it. Either, you know, I mean, I know I'd kind of been, oh, the suburban rail loop and, oh, the rail, yeah, yeah, but it's not until, um, you know, you you take the the time, which has been hours and hours, um, you know, with community leaders that are pushing back against the project that you can really comprehend it. Um, And people just don't have that kind of time, you know. They're busy, they're working, they're with their family, you know, uh, and and sometimes um, unless you're really quite engaged in politics and um, uh, you know the decision making that's happening in the state, you um, and have a bit of a passion for it. I think majority of people just don't follow it. But um, so basically, you're right. So on on Kingston Road. Um, uh, is um, it used to be. Um, a tip. So it was meant to be clean fill. Um, but when testing's been done on the site, it's actually, um, there's been methane gas found in it. So we're not sure how clean it really is. Um, 
so the I guess I mean I mean so they they're wanting to they're proposing to put the suburban rail loop train stabling yard now I'm in Cheltenham and uh, the last p- bit of my um, kind of parklands where our kids play, that will be where the suburban rail loop is meant to start. Now, the suburban rail loop is one of the biggest infrastructure projects in Australia's history that hasn't been scrutinised by Infrastructure Australia. Uh, now, every um, anybody that is looking deeper into the numbers of this project is saying it simply does not add up. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they're so they're planning a, a train station, um, a third train station in Cheltenham, and then it'll be a, a tunnel that goes out to Box Hill. And that's really all they're talking about at the moment. Now um, if the train line from Cheltenham to Box Hill, it would go, it should go through the Moorabbin industrial area. Now that industrial area is a more appropriate location for a train stabling yard that's industrial development. Um, Now, so I'll go back to, so in Heatherton on Kingston Road, where they're proposing to put this stabling yard, which would mean that the train yard, the train line has to completely detour out to this area. Um, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, So where they're proposing to put it... um, uh, That's all right. I mean, is it going to be above ground out to to the, the stabling yard or is that going to be underground? Yeah, so so it's a tunnel, but to, to for the stabling like like do you know the the stabling yard out at, in Pakenham? Yeah, yeah, yep. So my I mean my dad lives out in Warrigal, so I drive past that to go out and see him. Now the train stabling yard out there is just huge, but it's it's on completely vacant land, and I drove past it recently at night time. And, and the thing is just, you know, so bright and so blaring. I mean, it's a train stabling yard um, and they want to build that 30 metres or 40 metres from these people's backyards. And like the house where I was having dinner the other night, um, the, the, the train stabling tunnel has to come up to get into that um, to get onto the train stabling site. Now they're planning, his house is on stumps and they're planning to build this tunnel 12 metres. It'll come up less than 12 metres under his home. Uh, There's no compensation scheme for them if, you know, because you're going to think something like that's going to cause structural damage Mm. to the house. Realistically, we've seen it with all the sky rails uh, that are being built where pe- half their houses have fallen out um, and, uh, you know, and the kind of the community really has to backlash, get the media involved for the government um, to come and r- repair their houses. Um, so so they basically, um, and some of the letters they're getting from the government at the moment, I mean, it's just out of control. Um so this this clean fill, in order for them, so it has been promised, like you were saying, it was promised to them for 25 years or so. And um, in 2018, Daniel Andrews promised that that, um, that site, owned by the Delta Group, funnily enough, who do uh, the construction work for the government's big builds, which is very convenient, um, they, Daniel Andrews promised to the community that it will be finally handed over to them um, as a chain of parks, uh, women's sporting facilities. And um, so that's why, you know, Clorinda voted for the Labor Party because that's what they were promised. And, um, you know, years later it's been turned into a stabling yard Um you know, there's issues with methane gas because, uh, you know, the land will have to be compacted. Um, and, you know, like for this train stabling yard to be built, it would take, I mean, somewhere like 13 years to build of 
24 hours a day, um, you know, for parts of it, noise, dust, pollution, the whole thing, you know, and, and residents are being told, oh, you'll just, you'll just have to um, just put earplugs in, mm. um, you know, to, to mitigate them. I mean, what people are expected to wear earplugs in their house for a decade while this is being built? Mm-hmm. There's been no talk of, you know, evacuation, um, you know, if, if the methane gas, um, you know, did, did start coming into people's houses, uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot to it. I mean, and, you know, they're already starting to get, um, you know, letters from lawyers basically to say, um, uh, you know, say, oh, if, if there's compulsory acquisition and kind of going down, down this path, but none of, you know, compulsory acquisition hasn't been, you know, spoken, consulted with the residents about that from the government yet. And already they've got, um, you know, lawyers sending letters. The whole thing is just, it stinks. The government's lied. Um, and, you know, there's just a lack of community consultation going on right across the state with all of these big builds. Um, and I know, like, because I'm with the SRL, uh, with like say because I'll be in the a 1.6k or something like that radius of the train stabling of the of the train station and what the government has said is they can do as part of the SRL bill that was pushed through is they can do anything with my property that they deem fit for their project mm-hmm. I just <sighs> And, you know, and so today I was at the fire stations and they're, they're, some of their trucks are, um, you know, 35 years old, you know, all they want is funding so that, you know, they can be safe so that our community can be safe, you know, for all of our health and well-being. And, you know, there's no money for that, but, you know, we've, we've got, we'll, I mean, the government's been saying it's a $35 billion project, but then the CFMEU to try and, you know, bribe the construction workers for more votes is saying that it's a $70 billion project on all their, you know, propaganda, their, you know, mm. um, you know putting up around their work sites. So I Would don't you know. Believe, I mean, as much as I'm not likely to believe either group, I think I'd be relying on... Um, uh, what the CFMEU say because we know from history that the Andrews regime does not tell the truth. Um, they're not honest. They're very creative with what they say. Uh, but, but going back to that, I mean, it, it just, I don't know, is it the arrogance of, of this regime that, that's governing us or is it just that, you know, he, he really doesn't care. It's his... Um, you know, his agenda and, and that's it and, you know, stuff what anyone else says. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, um, I've perceived him over the last few years as a, as a mother and a small business owner and, that you know, to be very arrogant um, and... Yeah, he they they don't care about the community cam. They really don't. I mean, if they did, they'd actually have proper con- consultation with the community over these projects. It's it's not that um, you know we're, we're taxpayers. They should be working for us and mm-hmm. prioritizing what we want. And instead, you know, we're just getting dictated to you know, this is what you're getting um, with, with no, with with democratic processes being overridden as well. Um, and, you know, I don't think the the agenda just comes from Daniel Andrews. There, there are ties to China there. Oh, absolutely. This is money laundering back to China. Everything that he does is just to, to push and continue the Belt and Road. Um, yeah, I, I have no doubts that... Somewhere down the track, this is going to be controlled by some Chinese conglomeration co- co-ownership, um, like our power genera- um, power distribution. Um, who is it? Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, it's, it's part owned by China. Um, yeah, so it, it's just a to throw what was that? What what is that? Um, Sorry, oh, 
the, the power distribution. I hang on. Um, let me check. Uh, power distribution. Yeah. Um, um, Is this been coming up a bit recently, like in the last week or so? No, or no, 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 no. It's um, no. one of the the. Um, Who is it? It's power. Gemini, that's it. Gemini is part owned by China. And what's what's this exactly? Can um, you explain that so to me? They control the, um, it says here, are looking at the, uh, what website is this? It says um, Gemini Electricity are the licensed owner of the electricity distribution network in the northern and southern west, uh, western suburbs of Melbourne, responsible for managing, operating and maintaining the electrical infrastructure in the area. Um, yeah, wow. So now they are um, part owned by uh, some Chinese conglomerate um, for, for that. So it says if you have a look on their website what they own. So they own the electricity network, they own the gas network, geez, they own the Queensland gas pipeline, Eastern gas pipeline, uh, which is uh, Gippsland Basin to Sydney to the ACT, Northern Gas, uh, which is Tennant Creek to the Northern Territory, um, a whole lot of stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's the thing. If something happens and, you know, something happens in Taiwan or anything like that, there's, you know, I, I, I've said it, you know, people will say it's conspiracy theory, but we're going to end up with Chinese troops out here because they're just going to be protecting state assets. Um, if you have a look at the Gemini website uh, under who we are, Gemini is backed by the strong resources of our shareholders, State Grid Corporation of China and Singapore Power. They're open and, you know, open about it. Um, so, yeah, I I think we're in a lot of trouble. Um, well, we, we are. It's, you know, I went and saw a Vietnamese family over the weekend Um and uh, um, uh, just because I'm my my electorate is so wonderful, um, it's really um, culturally and linguistically diverse. Um, so at the moment, I've I just had some flyers translated and are about to go to print uh, in the four main languages. Vietnamese is one of them, and I'm also doing you know a short video series, um, you know, just to be able to connect with um that community and you know I sat down with um Hong uh she um fled Vietnam South Vietnam uh fled communism there to Australia uh in the 1980s and um we chatted for hours and it was um, you know the most amazing um conversations and what you know, really, really like, you know, it, how can I put it? It just, what she fled from and the style of governance that we've had here over the last few years, um, you know, the, the dissent against, uh, you know, protesting, I mean, there was such a close resemblance, um, you know, and, and for her, she, I mean, obviously that's why she wanted to share her story with me because she felt the same way um, that she's, you know, really concerned about the connections that Australia has with China um, and, you know, this dictatorial sort of, um, yeah, government that we've got in power in this state at the moment. So... Yeah, it's not good. No. Um, and, I mean, okay, just w while you're talking, I'm having a look at some of the other um, electric electricity distributions and um, honestly we're stuffed. Two, yeah. The two main companies that own City Power are listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange uh, and United Energy, which is out your way, is a... CK infrastructure lead. Um, I have a feeling that that's, uh, yeah, no, that's a Hong Kong one as well. So, um, <clears throat> we, yeah, we're stuffed. <laughs> um, 
yeah, but anyway, um, not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'll, I'll leave that for one of my rants um, without you. So um, now, having I, look- yeah, I, I mean, I just think um, we. I'm just interested to see what happens in this upcoming election because we really can't have the Labor government holding as much power as what they currently do in that parliament. Mm, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, have a look at your website, votecaroline.com, under the accountability. Uh, so we've chatted about suburban rail loop, but you talk about COVID-19 response. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Now, you do mention... Um, if elected, I will seek to convene a properly funded independent reviews, including a royal commission and public inquiries with the power to compel testimony and evidence concerning all claims of corruption and proper behaviour uh, and all that sort of stuff. Now, I'll admit, um, earlier on in the year with the, the woo flu stuff, I was all for that. Uh, lately, I've been moving away from that because I don't think we have uh, a competent enough judiciary or legal fraternity uh, that would be able to adequately give Royal Commission broad enough um, scope to do that. And then that being said, let's say, you know, all, all the winds flow in our favour and uh, the Andrews regime is kicked out of Parliament and then it's a, um, heaven forbid, a guy-led regime. Uh, I don't think they're, they're going to want the microscope uh, focus too well on that because they want to use the powers as well. Um, so, you know, now that I've said that, I mean, you know, what can we hope from a royal commission if, you know, let's say the, uh, you know, the, the Liberal Party has the um, control of the lower house but then they have a, um, uh, a an active uh, upper house um, understanding that you'll be in the lower house so... Uh, you know, I understand that bit. So just, you know, you know your thoughts on the Royal Commission. Uh, unfortunately, I think you're, you know, right. Uh, you know, we've seen every um, system stacked by the Labor Party in, in this state. Um, you know, the, the Victoria Police, <laughs> the judicial yeah. system, you know, the education system, all of it. So, um, you know, and I think, and Matthew Guy, you know, where has Matthew Guy been for these last four years? Mm. It's like what he turns up a few months for an election before an election and, you know, does a little bit of pork barreling and says what he thinks people want to hear to try and get some votes. I mean, there's a reason why the Labor government has gotten so big and bloated and powerful and that's because of the complete lack of opposition and I think that there's more than what meets the eye to that, Cam. Um, And, uh, you know, I think the sooner, which I think Australians finally are waking up to the, you know, the fact that the two-party system is broken um, and that they're, they're more closely aligned than what's portrayed you know, the better off we're going to be because they don't they don't work for us anymore and they don't work, you know, to represent hardworking families and our best interests. Um, I do think, though, you know, what happened over the last few years, I know as a as a as a mother, what my son for a couple of years got what three minutes on an iPad, mm-hmm. that's not an education. Mm. For, for for a virus that has an average age death of, you know, in the 80s yeah. with three to four comorbidities, um, you know, and then we need to look at, um, you know, and, and my business, again, involving children and their health and well-being was shut for nearly two years. We, we need to have a look at we, we need some sort of an independent review as to, you know, what occurred over these last few years in our response and what we would do differently next time. Did it work? Didn't it work? You know, because it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty tough regime, um, you know, and, and my mother-in-law's a surgeon. She's worked um, 
you know, in uh, managing hospitals for 40 years. Um, she's from the um, originally in the NHS over in the UK. So all her friends, you know, that she's still in co- that she still zooms with, um, uh, you know, are still working in that hospital system. And and she was working down in Tasmania um, at the the hospitals in northern Tasmania when we had the initial outbreak. Um, and and retired during over the last few years. But she'll tell you that, you know, is this about, is this been about our health and well-being? Because she seems to think that, you know, it's been more about the gut about government control. So um, you know, and then a, a, a lot of doctors uh involved, um, you know, a, a lot of doctors we're seeing are being hamstrung. Um, by APRA. So, you know, they can't, um, uh, you know, give their opinions. Um, so I, I would write, I, 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 you know, I want to see a review mm. of what happened here over the last few years. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'll fight for that and fight, fight for, you know, proper funding um, of that. Um, so, I mean, you know, my, my thoughts on that is, um, you know, as you were mentioning that it was more about control than health. And I mean, but for those of us who are able to still think critically, that became obvious when um, Hungry Jack's, McDonald's and all those fast food places were allowed to stay open, yet gyms weren't. And, you know, gyms had to shut, playgrounds had to shut. Uh, so it became obvious that this was all about control, had nothing to do with health and despite what Slugger and um, all these other people are saying, like obesity is a far greater killer of um, Victorians than the Wu flu is and even to this date uh, it is and yet, you know, look at what they've done because of the Wu flu yet they've done nothing to uh, counteract obesity. Uh, but anyway, not asking, you know, not, not going to put you in a spot and ask you for a comment no. on that one. Um, but just well, wanna, I mean... Th- even things like the, there's a large percentage of, um, you know, people that die with COVID having a vitamin D deficiency, yet mm-hmm. we had to be locked in our houses mm-hmm. for 23 hours a day. And, you know, the closing of the playgrounds, that triggered a lot of people. Our children just became political punching bags for the government. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, um, this is a bit of a doozy for you. Uh, we haven't spoken about it, Phil, but I just want to know, have you heard anything about the Great Reset and ESG? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, no, I don't, I'm not sure about ESG, but the Great Reset, yes. Okay, ESG is um, it's, it's a criteria that uh, financial institutions put on uh, spending habits. So it's ethical, social justice or social and governance. Now, oh, sorry, environmental. Uh, so Commonwealth Bank has started doing that, uh, you know, by – as just a test. So, you know, it's a trial that you can opt into uh, where you get to check your carbon expenditure um, based. So the app checks, you know, how much carbon you've used based on your purchases. Now, that's uh, we've seen uh, – so that's going ahead with that. We've seen the ISO, which is the International Standards Organisation, uh, put out a new criteria for – uh, firearms and ammunition purchases under the Visa product codes uh, and Master product, Mastercard product codes. Now that also ties into ESG uh, because obviously things that go bang aren't good, and you know the the big powers that be don't want that. Uh, it, it's a thing. So you know, tie that in with the and understanding that what I'm talking about now is a, is a federal thing, though it, I think it still relates back. To Victoria uh, with the uh, central bank digital currency. Uh, now, n- n- are you familiar with that at all? Um, I uh, I don't know the central bank digital currency. Okay. Um, what what's this? So so I mean you know this is um, uh, the Reserve's Bank been looking into it for the last ten years, and I have a feeling it's going to yeah. be rolled out rather soon. 
uh, actually, no, they are. They're doing a trial. Uh, they're using the Ethereum network. They are doing a, uh, a trial with it. So this is uh, what they're going to replace the Australian dollar with when it comes time that the economy has crashed and they need to roll out something else. So this central bank digital currency is going to be classed as an electronic or told we're told that it's an electronic dollar, but in actual fact, it's going to be a digital voucher system. So the bank, the government oh can decide where you spend your money. Your employer can decide where you spend your money. Uh, and it's all within that. And they can put um, expiration limits on that. So, uh, you know, if you're... Uh, if, the, if the government gives you money for, for whatever the government might give you money for, they can put an expiration date saying, hey, you have to spend that in 12 months, otherwise it will just disappear. And that's how the government can do that. Now, reason It's I'm, just petrifying, it isn't is, it? All it of is. it. All of it. Because I have, you know, obviously um, you've spoken to people about this concept um, and, and thought myself, like, you know, where where is this all headed? Because it's all... Um, I mean, there's only, you know, this debt, particularly in this state, that they're racking up, racking up, racking up. Um, I mean, I know over in, even in Canada during COVID, you know, the government was sort of picking and choosing what people could go out and, and buy at the shops. I had a friend who was living over there at the time and, you know, the government would say, you can go out and buy that and that, and but you can't buy, you know, other items. So It was happening down here. Um, Victoria Police were uh, in some parts, I can't remember where it was, but they were checking um, Kmart bags because Kmart and all those places were open, but they were oh, checking. essential items. Yeah, to items. make sure that yeah, you only had essential items. It's the same here, isn't it? Yeah. Just slowly. So. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and, and what's, you know, if it comes down to this environmental carbon footprint stuff, because what I did really notice is that we've sort of, and I could feel it coming, you know, just in my gut um, when you um, are locked in your house with not a lot else to do for a few years. Mm. Uh, you know, we really were going from this COVID alarmism into, you know, climate alarmism and, um, you know, and, a, and a, like we had, you know, the, the COVID emergency, now the climate emergency, and we've seen you know, the draconian powers that the government can take. Um, and, yeah. and what the population will put up with. Um, oh. So going going back to to sort of, you know, my original reason for, for going down this rabbit, Warren, is, yeah. um, you know, do you think that there's any, um, you know, ab- abilities for the states to push back against this? Now, I mean, my view is that the, the power comes from the state. It doesn't come from the Commonwealth. Uh, because whilst the Commonwealth governs Australia, the Commonwealth doesn't govern the states. Um, so I, I believe that there's a, you know a lot of room for the states to push back. But it comes down to you know a, a question that you asked before about why is all this happening? And I believe that you know that this is part of the, the plan that the Andrews regime has uh, mm. to bring us into a, a you know a, a China type social credit system, which all ties into ESG. Well, I mean, you know, the Vietnamese family I was with over the weekend were talking about this. So um, it's just petrifying. But that's why we need to get, you know, real people in parliament that, you know, care about um, our freedom um, and and our future and what that looks like. Mm. Um, But, you know, I have real concerns as well. I've heard stories... um, from a woman who was, she was taking phone votes um, in the federal election. And you know when you call up like a, uh, you call up like a, whoever you're talking to, your, um, you know, your your phone company or something like that and they read out their terms and conditions and they go on and on and on. So on this ballot paper, after every box, she had to, you know, read these terms and continue conditions, you know, read out the next one, terms and conditions, read out. And she said it was really thorough. What she didn't realise was that she was meant to be signing the bottom of each ballot that she'd been filling out for voters that were calling in. So basically all of the votes that she took um, were, what's the word for it? Invalid. When they're not um, Invalid. She said that 
they they started off with a room in the office that was holding the boxes of ballot papers because it got full they ended up just chucking boxes of ballot papers like um you know under their desks um i'm i'm also quite concerned um uh, surrounding um, who's eligible to work for the VEC mm. and the new regulations that Dan Andrews has just been just put in surrounding that, which basically means you know ninety percent of our population won't be able to to work for the VEC this election. But if you work for a union, mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, you know, so I mean, this state is being run like we saw at the CFMEU protests at the end of last year. Another thing that's just completely petrifying is it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, it's like the unions and the bikies and the government are all working together. I mean, running this state at the moment. Um, you know, oh, another thing, you know, I was round at a volunteer's house today and, you know, is all of this face, facial recognition technology that's popped up oh, yeah. um, during COVID on all the corners of our streets and, um, you know, that's illegal and, you know, she's been emailing the council about it and just getting no response. So... Yeah, it is. As I said, it, it's the the Chinese social credit, um, and yeah, if, if you really want to be scared, just have a look at ESG and, and how bad it can get um, for that one. Now, um, is this going to be a bit of a fiery one for you? And you did, you know, I'll use your little segue into this because this is something that I want to have a rant about as well. Is mm. that you did mention the. Uh, the last federal election. Now, for those who came in late, you ran under the Liberal Democrats' Senate ticket for Victoria. Um, yeah, that's correct. Care to share? Um, you, you, you're more than welcome to say no. You don't want to talk about it, and you know, I fully, you know, we'll fully respect that, and and we'll move on to something else. But care to share your thoughts on that process? Things that you learnt from that? Uh, things that you do differently? And has it opened your eyes up? Um, any more to how the machine works? Yeah, I mean, I was um, slightly disappointed by the end of it. I sort of um, maybe thought, um, you know, that that uh, I think what I came to realise that, you know, uh, most majority of the major minor parties, sorry, are no better than the major parties, Um well, you know, uh, I mean, I, I've, I originally, I left because I, um, you know, and, and went independent because I don't think you can truly represent um, your constituents, your community, if you are part of a political party uh, because... <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I think political ideology and, and, and sort of set policy and, and that, I, th- I think it's really unhealthy and, it, and we need to, um, yeah, just start looking at what our community wants and what our community needs rather than, um, you know, a political idol ideology or policies that you're trying to push. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, after the um, federal election finished, um, I sort of, uh, I mean, I got involved with the Liberal Democrats because, um, you know, when, when you know, brothels were allowed to operate in, in the state but children couldn't go to their dance schools um, and I decided to push back against the government about that, Um you know, David, and which did see restrictions ease earlier in my industry because of what I did. Um, uh, you know, David Limbrick was the only politician that um, would listen to me, mm. that that supported me, that had, you know, um, uh, you know, I'd been ignored by all of our local MPs um, up until, you know, that point. And, um 
And I, I'd seen David Limbrick and what I thought was great work he was doing pushing back against, um, you know, the government overreach. Um, since the federal election finished, though, sorry, I'm just going to have a, gla- a bit of water. Yeah, that's all right. Mm. I have the benefit of turning the microphone down while you're talking to have my drink, so. Um. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so we came to realise, I think, um, a lot of us that, that David get, had Limbrick had gotten in on 0.8% of the vote in the last election. Now, that's because of um, which, you know, you can basically buy your seat in Parliament here which mm. is just completely undemocratic. I know I've one of my volunteers is um, originally from Afghanistan and when and she was involved in politics over there until you know the Taliban gained control again. and um, she she was like, oh, she couldn't believe it. Um, you know, she was like, I knew there was something not right going on here. I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So basically um, it's the group voting um, on the upper house ticket and um, it's illegal what happens here in every other state. Uh, Usually you would uh, spend, um, so there's a guy called Glenn Jury, so I I recommend anyone listening um, to, to Google Glenn Jury he, they call him the preference whisperer, and usually you pay him $60,000 for a win. Um, at other times, people put him on um, an annual wage, of which I believe is um, $100,000 at the moment he's getting of taxpayers' money uh, annually, and um, by the time the election's over and his contract's finished, I think he will have received two hundred and thirty thousand oh. dollars. Yes, this is what I've been told, um, and I actually did read an article on it. I don't know if it disclosed the amount, but that's no, what's. I, I haven't seen anything that's disclosed the amount because that's one of those big um, secrets. Um, whilst David Limbrick has come out and acknowledged that uh, he's had it on staff and he tried to, to justify it at um, a recent event that he did for, with uh, under the RDA banner um, as, you know, he, he okay, to, to slightly paraphrase what he said, it was that, um, you know, we, by using Glenn Jury, uh, Victorians got to... Uh, two libertarians into parliament uh, as opposed to what would have been five greens. Now, I have major problems with that because I don't believe that the Liberal Democrats are a libertarian party. Uh, I think that they're bordering on a socialist party um, and and things like that. So it it really bugs me when he comes out and blatantly pretends that he – or comes out and says he's a libertarian. Um, I have not seen one thing that he's done that is libertarian – you could probably potentially call him classical liberal, though um, I, I, I do think that he borders on, on the socialist, if not is well and truly in the socialist camp. Um, but, yeah, th- this whole Glenn Jury thing, it, it does, it changes the view of the parties is that regardless of what you do, these people have already bought a seat. So I think that that's, um, you know, not that I believe that Victoria is a, a democracy, but I, uh, I think that it, it changes our thoughts and our views on, on why we're actually going to vote. I mean, why are we going to vote when the outcome has already been decided? Yeah, well, I mean, it's still this money might have spent, and he still might not get elected. So, um. You know, I mean, the thing is, what we need to do is we need to all, and you need to tell your family, tell your friends, tell everyone, I'll put, do some content on my social media about it in the lead up to the election. In your upper house ticket, you need to vote below the line so that you know exactly where your preferences are going, so that your preferences are going with, um, you know, candidates. Um, and political parties that you um, believe best align with your values Um, because otherwise, um, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, see, I'm a big believer in doing things the right way 
Mm. And I, I believe that if you don't do things the right way, I don't know. How do I say it? Um, you know, You're the one that has to look work. at yourself in the mirror every morning. No one else does. Well, and if you can't look at yourself in the mirror because you've, you've, you've betrayed your values to, to get a result, the ends doesn't justify the means. Well, that's it. It kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise, isn't it? Mm. My, you know, my purpose um, is to take, you know, hopefully take a, a, a labour-safe seat, um, you know, so that the, the Labor Party's, you know, got that little bit less of less power in Parliament. Um, so, you know, whereas ultimately, um, you know, I, I think um, anyone using the um, Glen Jury, um, you know, the, the, La- the Labor Party has to do well in order for them to get elected. So, um, you know, I'd really like, we really need to get rid of that after this election um, because it, it has no place in a democratic society. Um, it's the reason why we saw, you know, um, you know, people like Andy Medic, mm-hmm. Rob Barton, mm-hmm. you know, all of those people that, that sold us out and threw us under the bus over these last few years as crossbenchers. So, um, yes, so, I mean, and that's that. Talking about Andy Medic, I mean, it's... It's my understanding that uh, he got in there because of a, a big deal that the CFMEU did, uh, which when I became aware of that, it explains absolutely perfectly why Andy Medic has remained silent about the allegations that John Setka was involved in over the last couple of years and yet, you know, he's, he's rather keen to mouth off about everyone else yet remains silent about that uh, and also explains why um, he sided with the, the government. I mean, uh, what was it? I think it was the Herald Sun um, put, you know, published something that he was the crossbencher who sided with the government the most uh, in, in the last uh, political term. So, yeah, it's... Okay, it I'll have to have a look into that one. Yes, it's a, yeah. it's a dirty, dark cesspool. And, and I know, you know, I feel quite naive for having a, gotten involved, but... You know, it was a great experience. Um, you know, it taught me a lot. Um, so you can never regret sort of, um, you know, you know your, your, your previous decisions in life. But um, I um, was standing up for, you know, what I believe in and I still do. And, um, yeah, I just um but I, I love being independent, you know. I just um I don't I don't have to answer to anyone. I can really, you know, focus on my community and I and I can give them what um they want, you know, say somewhere like our other really big local issue is um Kingswood Golf Course, mm. which is another, you know, big um big issue just full with lies and corruption and that community um sorry I've just got a bit of a tickle in my throat and you know I just I mean currently the Labor government I think has decisions over the Reed zoning um sitting on someone's desk somewhere and it's just being held like a political football um uh, it's just been like a political football thrown around and, you know, now there's no transparency with the community. They're just being left in limbo over the decisions and, you know, and then the, the Liberal Party, you know, said, oh, we oppose the inappropriate development but, um, you know, you know, whereas someone like me can go, no, well, you know, what's right in this situation? Well, I'm going to stand up for what's right and I'm going to stand up for what 98% of the community here want. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, I mean, no, I mean, good on you for that. I mean, this is something that, that I've ranted about a lot is that, you know, when you're talking about the, the federal sphere, I mean, it's the House of Representatives. It's not the House of Political Parties. Uh, so... You know, we're supposed to vote in the person that we think will best represent us in Canberra. And the same thing at the state level is that we're supposed to vote for the person who will best represent us, uh, you know, in Spring Street and, uh, you know, in the lower house as as well as in in the upper house uh, for that. So, yeah, it's, 
you know, it, it's the thing I, I've ranted about, uh, you know, that we need more independence and that uh, my biggest frustration is the amount of people who think that we vote for the Premier or we vote for the Prime Minister when we don't. I mean, under the Westminster system, they're only there through convention, not constitution, and that, you know, things would function so much better if there was no office of Premier or office of Prime Minister and it was just Parliament. Uh, You know, Parliament made the decisions, not one person. And, you know, if we got back to that, then, you know, people like Supreme Leader Andrews wouldn't have the sheer amount of power that they do and you know it's the thing that there'd be more transparency in it because they're answering to parliament it's not that they're answering to as we've seen with the uh the party system they're not answering to the you know the parliamentary caucus uh or or cabinet uh which is what you know they they like to hide things behind cabinet privilege and all that sort of stuff so Mm. um for that one um Okay, being mindful of the time now, um, anything you want to have a big rant about um, before we go? Just being mindful just to, to not hold you too long. Otherwise, we can go down those uh, little rabbit holes and there will be no end to them. No, I mean, um, you know, I, I think that's about it really. I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens over the next month. Uh, less than a month out now from the election. Um, I hope we see some, you know, trustworthy representation uh, elected into our parliament, you know, who works to serve our community and not their political agendas. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not been easy as an independent, you know, they really, um, all the regulations here, they, um, you know, they, they really keep us on an uneven playing field, um, you know, and even the councils, you know, who's meant to be, um, you know, responsible for fixing um, our, you know, roads and our rubbish and, um, you know, go out campaigning for the major parties and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the, the major parties have access to union money when we're, we're, you know, for people to remain anonymous as the funders of Dan Andrews' enemy, us independents, um, you know, they can only give us $1,000 to remain anonymous or $4,000 um, maximum and, you know, they, the major parties get access to all the data. Um, yeah, and we're really just sort of... Um, you know, we get, you know, the media ignores us um, and, um, yeah, so, but, you know, Aussies love an underdog so we'll um, see how we go. And where can people find you? Um, well, I'm I'm in Cheltenham. Um, mm. So um, I know I'll be at the Dingley Village Market um, coming up but um, you can jump on my website, Vote Caroline. Um, so that's vote c a r o l i n e dot com. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, you know, I, anything I'm doing, um, we'll have a small business event coming up uh, pretty soon for all the local businesses. Uh, the Dingley next Dingley Village Market. I know they're holding a candidate forum um, in uh, I think on the twelfth of or thirteenth of November. But I generally jump on my social media, so it's Caroline White Independent for Clorinda, um, and, you know, I usually let people know what I'm sort of up to on there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just reach out through the website and I generally, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll get back in contact. <gasps> so it's just you, it's not minders and, and other faceless people? No, no. I mean, I've got volunteers, obviously, that help me with the admin workload, Um but, you know, you'll find me on my phone um, if you um, want to send me a, wet, a message through the Facebook page or the Instagram. Mm. Hopefully it's a nice one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, think, I get the occasional nasty threatening message, uh, which is block, alt, delete. Okay, bye. <laughs> I, I, I mean, have they been nasty as in political or as in nasty as in my God, does your mum know that you're sending messages like this? Um, yeah, I mean, you get a bit, some people just get um, like disgruntled or even in the comments, you know. Um, 
I've even noticed, um, you know, I, I find people that are that are, you know, are just um, they've changed over the last few years. They're less to- tolerant um, than ever um, in some cases, and you can I feel like you can tell which way they vote just um, by by their their inability to sort of um, you know ha- have a a sense of um, you know decency towards another human being. So. Yeah, um, but what were you saying about your mother? Oh, just you were talking about the the, the Facebook comments. Is it um, you know those um, comments where people are hitting on you or, or sending inappropriate messages, or is it just nasty political messages? Oh no, I do get a few like a few like oh you know hey babes or like oh god. Mm. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, yes, it was, it was so. way back when I used to be on LinkedIn um, before it turned into another Facebook, um, you know, there'd, there'd be a whole lot of people just turning around and saying, you know, this is LinkedIn, it's not Facebook and, you know, you, you don't use it for picking up and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, you know, like harden up and, you know, if you don't like it, just delete it or you just block them. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I do keep keep them at arms. It's probably flat and flattering, but I'll keep always keep them at arm's length. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on that wonderful note, um, <laughs> thank you so much for, for, for doing this. Um, I would love to have a chat to you afterwards when you're the member for Clorinda um, and when you're all yeah, big and crossed. famous. Um, yeah, let's hope it, it does happen. Um, there will be all the links to all the socials and all that sort of stuff in the show notes uh, and, and everything Bad. like that. Um, if you're up to it later on in the campaign, if you've got time, if there's anything that you want to rant about or, or have a discussion about, uh, you know, I'm happy to to help you out with that part as well. So um, thank you for, for, for joining us um, for that one and, um, you know, as I said, hopefully we can uh, talk to you after November and you're the member for Clorinda. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Cam. So, yeah, thanks so much for reaching out and for for doing what you're doing for um, us independent candidates. All right. Doozy. And um, good luck with it all. Thanks, Cam. Um, You take care. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases... We'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.